Well, we've been, we've been studying uh, the book of Romans, and I, I love the book of Romans out of all the, the epistles that the Apostle Paul uh, penned and uh, put together. And because as I've got our lessons uh, titled Romans, a foundation of the gospel of grace. Uh, cause, because that's what exactly the Apostle Paul did when he wrote this letter to the church in Rome. It became a foundation of the gospel of grace. And I know there's a lot of people uh, in, in church circles uh, from preachers on down who think a whole lot of their self and uh, how well they've been able to do or what have you, but I got news for everybody. If we make it, it's going to be by the grace of God. Amen. It's God's grace that allows us the opportunity for salvation. And as I, I told you on, as I was preaching a Two or three weeks back, uh, I'm I'm sixty I'm sixty one now, and I've been preaching since I was fourteen year old. So basically, church has been uh, part of my part of my life. But when I finish with this life and I stand before the throne, the Bible says we all must stand before the judgment seat of Christ to give account of the deeds done in the body, whether they be bad or whether they be good, and uh, and if, I'm saying if the question's asked, uh, what by what, what, what do you have or what have you done uh, that, that you feel like will enable you right into heaven, there's not nothing in my life that I could ever say that I've done. I say I stand before this throne totally on the grace of the Lord and the blood he spilt at Calvary to cover my sins. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, that's what it's all about. And uh, we're going we're gonna to be in uh, chapter, finishing up chapter 4 tonight. This lesson I have called it a faith that never staggers. Uh, a faith that never staggers. Uh, you might see some typographical errors in here. I put this together uh, kind of quick tonight uh, as I was uh, studying. But we're going to read Romans chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 17 through 22, uh, and uh, just to see what um, what it says. And let's, let's uh, make that our jumping off point and go ahead and get into it. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Now, uh, let me tell you, this is God speaking to Abraham, the uh, the Old Testament patriarch, when he said, I have made thee a father of many nations. If you, you go back to some of the things that we read about and talked about last week, you will, you will realize that uh, he's talking about Abraham. He said, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him, uh, him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be as though they uh, uh, be not as though they were. 
who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not. And I've got that highlighted there on that, uh, what I handed out to you. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. I'm being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness, a faith that never staggers. Abraham is a man that really amazes me. He lived uh, during a a time and an era where there was no Bible. The Old Testament was not written, even the Old Testament was not written yet. He had nothing at all to go on. And if we remember the story of Abraham, he lived in a, a place called Ur of the Chaldeans, which everybody there worshipped false gods. Uh, they, uh, nobody knew about Jehovah. They uh, didn't know anything. And all of a sudden, God chose Abraham. Out of all those people, God chose him and called him. He said, I want you to leave this place, get out of this country, away from your kindred, and go to a place that I will tell you. Now that right there already begins to speak of the type of faith that this man had. He, had never, he never knew about, about God, never read nothing about God, didn't never know nobody who knew God. But when the Lord spoke to him, the Bible said he got up and he left, and he began to journey not knowing where he was going. Hey, I figure I'm in good company, Brother Paul. I don't know where I'm going to have time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. But he, 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 just, he just believed God. Now, now, here's the thing. God gave him the promise. He said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. Now, you got to go back to Genesis to find this out. But if you go back to Genesis, you'll find out. Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. I mean, huh, he, he wasn't no spring chicken when he left. Amen. He, and, but God said, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And then later on, when he turned 90, God spoke to him again. He, said, I'm, he says, I am uh, your shield and your exceeding great reward. And, and then at that time, he asked, he asked God, he says, well, what kind of reward are you going to give me seeing that 
that I go childless. You know, I said I was going to be the father of many nations. Now, that was 70, I was 75, now I'm 90. God says, I'm your reward. He kept on following, kept on trusting God. Then, when he was 100 years old, and if I'm not mistaken, I'd have to go back, but I'm, I think, I think Sarah was 90 at the time. She gave birth to Isaac. He staggered not at the promise of God. I want to tell you tonight, church, faith is the most important thing that we can possess. That's the biggest thing that the devil tries to take from all of us is our faith. If the devil attacks you, and I, I've told you this before, but I, 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 want, I want to drive it home. I want to make sure you understand. Let's say that's, if you're attacked in your finances and you're having trouble financially, the, devil, the devil's not trying to get your pocketbook or your bank account. He could care, he could care less of that. If, if you're attacked in your body and you have some kind of sickness or disease that hits you, that's not what the devil's really after. Everything that we, every struggle that we have, everything we have to deal with, the enemy uses those things to try to kill your faith. He wants to destroy your faith. And the reason why he wants to destroy your faith is the devil knows just as much about the scriptures as what he probably knows more than what most church people do. Because the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hallelujah. We gotta have faith. And we need a faith that don't waver. We need a faith that don't stagger. The Bible talked about Abraham. He said he staggered not. That lets me know he walked a sure straight line. If a police officer pulls somebody over, he suspects them being intoxicated. Um, you're going to see what kind of, uh, if he can walk a straight line or not. Hallelujah. I would be in trouble if I had to walk a straight line anyway. Hallelujah. Amen. But we need to walk that kind of road by faith that we don't, we're not, we're not wavering, that we, that we trust God. Now, I, I, I put down four things here uh, in your handout that I picked out of what are these scriptures that we read. And first thing is believe in God against the odds. Abraham believed God against the odds that was against him. I got it underlined up there in the scripture. It says um, that uh, who against hope believed in hope. Hallelujah. Listen, all the odds was playing against him that he was ever going to be the father of one child, much less be the father of many nations. Hallelujah. Now, I, I've served the Lord long enough to know when God says something, he means it. And the Bible says that God is not slack, and I'm kind of getting a, uh, a little ahead of myself right now because 
Uh, but the Bible said God ain't slack concerning his promise. If God gives you a word, if he gives you a promise, he's going to keep it. Amen? Nobody or nothing can stop him from doing that. We have got to believe God no matter what the odds are. Amen. Don't never let the devil tell you, say, well, you know, because of this, 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 and this, it can't happen. I mean, Abraham, like I said, was 75 years old when he first started following God. And, but yet he believed God against the odds. And then, two, he never considered the circumstance. And what I have underlined there in your handout, he says he considered not his own body now dead. Now, Abraham knew that God was telling him he was going to have children. He's going to be the father of multitude. Abraham knew his own body. The Bible said his body was dead. And, I mean, and that's far as far as being able uh, to have children. He done past that point in his life. But he never considered the circumstances. He never thought about how old he was. Never, never, never thought about uh, anything as the circumstances. You know, I, you see this a lot for those of you that um, spend any time on Facebook. A lot of times people are always talking about the circumstance, the circumstance. God don't have no problem with whatever your circumstance is. Hallelujah. And matter of fact, Praise the Lord. Now, I, 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 realize, I realize I'm supposed to be teaching tonight, but the Spirit keeps building up in me. I, I, I'm liable to go to preaching here. Hallelujah. Here, here's the situation. Talk about circumstance. Instead of us complaining and crying and whining to God, that's what God got uh, God so upset with the children of Israel, those those years they, they, they wandered in the wilderness. They was constantly murmuring and complaining all the time. You couldn't satisfy them. Instead of us going to God and saying, Oh, Lord, and telling God how big your problem is, maybe, maybe you need to tell your problem how big your God is. Amen. Stop telling God, how big this circumstance you are that you're in, hallelujah. How many, is anybody in the house not still believe that God is the God of the impossible? Hallelujah. I know he is. I've seen it. I never will forget many, many years ago. A young girl, about seven years old, got off on the platform. I, uh, we got our Thank you. 
What can you believe him for? What can you believe him for? We're talking about him being God who makes who keeps his promises. Let me tell you what Jesus says in the New Testament. He said, if, he said, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you can ask what you will and it shall be done. I've seen enough in my lifetime to know that that will work. It will work. Hallelujah. Lord, does that mean everybody gets prayed for, gets healed? No. Uh, and I don't. I, I'm not like some who I've heard preach on TV that uh, God uh, God he, heals there. Listen, none of us is put here on this earth to stay. This world, as the old song says, is not my home. I'm just a passing through. And unless the Lord comes back one of these days, something's going to hit this old body of mine that's going to take me out of here. I've been healed a many a times, but. But unless the rapture takes place, something is going, is going to take me out of here. Because, listen, I wasn't put here to stay forever. This world is not my home. Hallelujah. So we shouldn't let circumstances or when, when something happens that don't work out just the way you think, do not let that hinder you and hinder your faith in God. He never, number three, he was fully persuaded God would honor his promise that's what i got that underlined being fully persuaded that what he the he is god had promised he was able also to perform hallelujah amen i believe that's one of the biggest reasons why that the church today does not see the the miracles and the power like it did in the first century when the first century happened hallelujah we let our faith get weak. And we don't stand firm on the promises that God has given. Hallelujah. We know what God can do. We're standing in it right now. We're standing in it right now. I mean, God worked a miracle, amen, for this assembly uh, when he gave us this building and this property. Hallelujah. Amen. He makes it, and, and God made a promise about that, and he kept that promise, didn't he? All right, and then God considered Abraham's faith righteous. It says, therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. There again, I can tell you, there's nothing else that you can do more that make God pleased with you than to trust him, than believe him. Hallelujah. Amen. That's important for new converts. Uh, sometimes, sometimes new converts, uh, uh, you know, the, the devil don't want to give them up, and uh, and they sometimes they struggle uh, as they go about in their their chain, change from one uh, lifestyle to the other. And the best way to keep going with God, even when you stumble or if you make a mistake or whatever. Just keep trusting God. Just believe in God because that's what makes him happy for those that believe. Hallelujah. Amen. Every one of us stumble and fall. I've fallen many times in my life, 
but God does not count how many times you fall. He's concerned with how many times you're going to get back up, dust yourself off, and keep going. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And to wind this up for tonight, in the New Testament also, in Hebrews, uh, has a little bit more to say about Abraham. Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to read verses 8 through 12, and this basically puts this whole story together. Uh, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should afterward receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whether he went. That's where I got that a while ago, what I said. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Hallelujah. Through faith also, Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age, past age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Amen. His wife had some faith, too. She trusted, too. Therefore sprang there even one, uh, even a one, and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude, and as the sand which is by the seashore in Numerable. Hallelujah. Amen. He became the father of faith. And guess what? The Bible says that if we're if we are children of Christ, if we're seed of Christ, we're also seed of Abraham and heirs according to the promise. That's how come. That's how come. I don't care what the Arabs or nobody else does, that land over there belongs to Israel because they're the seed of Abraham. And God made that promise to Abraham. He said, you, he said, you start walking. He said, you walk as far as you can. He said, in every place the sole of your feet stand, he said, I'm giving it to you and your seed afterwards for an inheritance. Now, now we all know who studied Bible prophecy. I mean, it's 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 it, everything is going to keep building. Uh, what's what's going on with Russia right now in Syria? It's all coming together to fulfill what the Bible said. The nations are going to come down from the Lord. And I, let me tell you what I believe. I'm gonna, somebody says, "Well, what in the world would want make all of those countries, including Russia, to come down from the north?" And attack Israel. What what in the world is Israel got? I'm gonna tell you something. Somewhere down there around that Dead Sea area, sooner or later, there's gonna be the biggest oil strike that's ever been on any place on the planet. And it's gonna make all of those nations bear down to try to take it. I've got an email. Uh, that I'm holding on to, and I'm I'm praying about it. I'm thinking very seriously to do it. There, there's a, a a company right now in Israel called Zion Oil, and they are trying to get people to invest and 
uh, and buy shares in that because they've already seen evidence. And this, I mean, I, I've been talking about, I was talking about this because I, you know, I, as everybody knows, I taught Revelation in the book of Daniel for many, many years. And I was talking about this long before this Zion oil came, came together. But they're trying to get people now to invest. I'm going to tell you what, if any, I, ain't too many companies over here in America that I, I, I trust to invest no money in because I'm looking for it all to belly up and go bankrupt. But uh, uh, that right there might be a sure thing for some people because I feel like that's going to happen because there's got to be something that one day that's finally going to be the trigger to make uh, because the last battle, the last war that's going to be fought is going to be right there in the Valley of Jehoshaphat. Uh, that's what the Bible says. Hallelujah. But we got to have that faith that uh, that's unstaggering, no matter what what you're up against. And uh, uh, I've been been in uh, uh, contact with uh, Sister Lynn today and uh, this week. And uh, you know, some things that we go through is difficult and and, and hard. And uh, but God will give us the strength and the grace we need to hold on.